We're live. G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Eli, aka Jeffo. Mate, today we've got quite a special guest. We've got uh, the UFC's very own featherweight champion, Alex Volkanovsky. Mate, how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Not too bad, mate. How good's that sound? UFC featherweight world champion. Yeah, how good I is it? Yeah. That every single time. <laughs> That's I, beautiful, mate. Every time I do a podcast or something like that, I'm like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Mate, just before you uh, hopped on, you told us that you broke your toe. What's happened there? Yeah, well, it just, uh, yeah, we, well, I don't know for sure exactly what's happening, but like, we've got a, you know, I busted my toe kicking. Uh, training a partner for a, a head kick. He's actually pretty tall, so I'm surprised I even got it up there. <laughs> but, um, and yeah, he ended up with stitches and my foot was pretty busted. So I went and got an x-ray and there's like a bit of bone that's, uh, that's come off uh, my, one of my toe bones, which I didn't think too much of it. So, but I mean, hopefully we end up finding out it's an old injury, but we just don't know yet. Yeah, sounds beautiful, too, mate. Too easy. <laughs> so um, sp- speaking about being champion, how, how does it feel to be a champion? Uh, how does it feel? Feels good. Feels really good. You know, obviously, you you work your whole career to to be champ, to be the number one, to be that guy, and you know, to be there, it feels good. And not just that, to to be in a position I am right now, while I'm uh, waiting for the division to find out who's that number one contender. No pressure on me. You know what I mean. So I can go train and not have to worry about. Oh, I might be fighting. You know what I mean. And even now, now I've got this. Uh, bung toe that you know i don't need a fully stress because i don't even know who number one contender is right now so uh, you know when you're when you're chasing that number one status or you, you you're trying to shoot for these ranks you know you're that's everything you, you're worried about that sort of stuff an injury really slows you and pulls you back but uh you know at least right now there's just no pressure so i can go to train i can enjoy i can enjoy myself and just worry about evolving um where i don't need to be like oh i need to keep this weight down just in case i get a call up to fight you know, you never know what opportunity comes in front because uh, right now you're the champ and it's everyone else that needs to get that opportunity. To expand on that, how does it feel to be the champion as an Australian? Um, like, just how does that feel, knowing that you're an Australian champion? Like, does that give you a lot of pride? Oh, 100%, man. That definitely does because, uh, again, like uh, right now, the only uh, Australian UFC uh, champion and, you know, just to hold a, again, you know, I, I fight... I don't just fight for, for me. I, you know, I fight for my family, my friends, my team, and my, my country. You know, my country, uh, obviously my my heritage as well, my you know, Macedonian and Greek heritage. So I'm, I fight for so much more than just myself. So, uh, you of know, to, to be able to be a, an Australian champion and have all the Aussies, you know, really uh, give them something to root for and, and be proud when I go out there and defend the belt, you know, it means a lot. It, it definitely does. 100%. Yeah. Um. So, so there's a big there's a big fight coming up in October. Um. Korean Zombie versus Brian Ortega. What what what's your thoughts about that fight, and how do you see that one going? Yeah, I reckon that's going to be number one contender. To be honest, I think whoever wins that is going to get that that shot. You know what I mean? I, I believe that's what I truly do believe. So I'm going to have my eye on them. I don't know what's happening with Zabit, but uh, you know that's a that's a good fight. That's a fun fight, and I think uh, you know they'll put on a show. And if the winner can really put on a show and, you know, a big finish. And I really think that's when everyone's going to be uh, shouting their name. Yeah. Well, have you had any conversations with the UFC about facing Triple C? Because he put out a tweet yesterday saying that he wants to be introduced to C4. And um, I think he wants <laughs> to come up to the weight class and have a little scrap with you. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, he's saying something every week. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's coming up with... <laughs> We're coming up with some bullshit, but 
Look, man, <laughs> you know, that's just a part of the game. Especially, again, that's another thing when you're champ, you, you're not the one chasing the fight. You've got people trying to chase you, which is, a, is pretty cool. But at the same time, man, we all know, you know, you, everyone knows anyone that, that's uh, kept an eye on me knows that I don't care who it is. It's just whoever deserves it, whoever's that number one contender. That's simple. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, you know, Henry Cejudo, he's retired. So that's just ridiculous. I'm not even going to bother <laughs> with him. Um, and, you know, again, he's just doing what he can. You know, he's obviously going to need to stay relevant and he's going to keep shouting my name. But you just, you, I guess you never know. You never know if it's a crazy sport. You know, MMA is a crazy sport. UFC is a crazy promotion and, and a lot of things do happen. But, you know, I just think, uh, I think he's dreaming. And if he did get a, that opportunity... He was never going to be introduced as a C4, I can guarantee you that. I agree with that. I think he definitely would have beat him. He's, little, he's even more of a midget than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, big fella. But um, how have you been coping uh, since your last fight? Like, what have your thoughts been on the, the second Holloway fight? Because I've noticed in the comments of, you know, your Instagram posts everywhere, there's just people saying, oh, Max was robbed, this and that. Does that have any effect on you at all? Or do you kind of just think, you know, well, I'm the champion. I did what needed to be done. Um, they can think whatever they want. Well, it is like that. Obviously, you know, if uh, anyone's watched my career, you know, I'm always, uh, I'm always trying to be, you know, I guess you could say, you know, crowd please. Or, you know, I'm always trying to do the right thing and, you know, try not offend anyone and try and make sure I'm doing right by everyone. Uh, so... But, you know, you go out there and, and fight and win. And, you know, the judges obviously seen what we, what I thought. And uh, a lot of people, obviously you've seen a lot of people that are, that are carrying on. There's a lot of uh, uh, people, you know, obviously say call it robbery and, you know, all that type of stuff. And that's going to happen. That happens every time there's a close fight. So, I, you know, now after, after this happening, you know, after a while, you, you get used to it. So right now, I really, really don't care. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't care too much because uh, a lot of people know that it was a close fight and, and you know, they're going to gonna say it, it could have went either way. And, you know, you look at the, the numbers, you know, the numbers don't lie. The numbers yep. show that I was, uh, you know, 10 plus uh, significant strikes in the only round that, well, the round, sorry, the round that, that sort of uh, what everyone was debating on that third round, yeah, round three, uh, which yeah. all three judges gave me that anyway. But again, look, I don't need to go into details with that. Uh, you know, this is a, a sport we play. And again, going by the rule set and and all that, you know, that's just how it is. And you know, he had a great start. And, you know, I think people just can't let that go. They can't let them first two rounds go. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're just playing on that. And, you know, that that's just going to happen. But, I mean, let's remember that first fight that I had, you know, people were calling robbery on that one too. Yeah, and no I, way. I'm pretty confident, you know, uh, it was a pretty much a, a shutout. I, again, I was still competitive and close, but you can clearly see me winning, uh, yeah. you know, maybe five, five of them rounds, you know, if not definitely majority. And you're still seeing these same people that are saying that this was a robbery are trying to say both my fights with, with Max were robbery. So yeah. you can tell that I don't really take that too serious if they're going to say that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I wanted to talk about um, Siggy kickboxing for a bit. Um, why, why have you guys found so much um, success there? Like, I know you don't train there all the time, but um, what's been happening down there that's brought you guys so much success? Uh, man, it's just, you know, they're obviously a good team. They've got, they've got some uh, really good fighters and their striking's, uh, you know, obviously some of the best striking in the world. And it's, New Zealand's always had really good uh, kickboxing. 
Uh, but, I mean, I just think, you know, I mean, they do all the little things right as well, the team, camaraderie, everything. You know, not only that, then they, they go into details. You know, they, they know that it's more than just, you know, just being able to fight. Like, you know, game plans really come into it, you know, styles, understanding the, you know what I mean? It's just so much more than just being able to throw a punch, being able to wrestle, you know, being able to do all aspects. It goes so much deeper than that. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, someone can be a, a, you know, a better striker than someone, you know, say someone's, they're both, uh, you know, say they're strikers, both strikers, but one's clearly a better striker. But if the other guy comes up with a good game plan to nullify a lot of these guys' movements, this guy that's not as good striker can definitely win if he does things right. You know, if he fights fight IQ, fight smart, all that type of stuff. And, you know, you're seeing that in in a lot of these performances. You're seeing uh, that, you know, game plans and fight IQs and, you know, being clever and things like that. And, and you know, all the little details that people miss, a lot of people miss, even UFC fighters miss. Um, you know, the, I think the guys over there really, really fine-tune every little detail and, you know, it, it definitely uh, helps in the end. That's amazing. Well, as Eli said, you don't always train um, at City Kickboxing. Um, you spend a lot of your time training at Freestyle MMA. Yep. And I was curious. Um, well, it was my cousin that wanted me to ask this because he was the one that introduced me to the MMA world. I thought that I'd owe him a question to the UFC champion. Um, so his question was, who do you roll with when you're training jiu-jitsu? Who do I roll with? Yeah, well, we've got a, a few guys, obviously, whoever's uh, in the gym at the time, but you know, we've got a couple of uh, good little fighters uh, at our gym as well. And we usually bring, bring in some guys as well. So, you know, obviously in fight camp, uh, as you would have seen my last fight camp, we bring in like some of the best uh, fighters in Australia to our gym. But, yeah. uh, you know, I get to train with, uh, you know, I don't know if you know Bernardo Magalesto Treco. He's a ex-UFC fighter, you know, fourth day in black belt. He comes in uh, pretty regularly. Uh, my coach as well, he's still he's still getting in there rolling. And then I've got a couple of young guns, you know, Colby uh, Thickness, who's uh, definitely a rising star that you've got to keep an eye on. Remember that name. Yep. Uh, yep. But again, just a, just a heap of, heap of guys that, that are always at the gym. And obviously, you get a lot of people passing through as well. But, um, you know, you've got a few bodies that are always really good to roll with. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to bring it back to the Holloway fight. While I was watching that, I was introducing one of my mates to the UFC. He's not a big fan. I was like... This is the guy you've got to watch. He's Australian. He's a fucking beast. Um, you know, and I was having such bad anxiety throughout that fight because it was so <laughs> close. I had no idea who it was going to go to. I was yep. wondering, do you suffer from anxiety or do you get any anxiety when you're doing these fights or doing media? I don't get any. No, I don't. I don't. I'm really good at keeping myself uh, level-headed and composed all through fighting and, and all that type of stuff. So I'm actually, I've got that in a, a fair bit of control. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like, um, you know, again, when it's especially in, in fighting, you know, I just I don't really get nervous at all. Uh, that was a big, uh, big thing for my last fight where I was, especially with no crowd, I was that calm and that composed that it was like I wasn't even fighting. Uh, you know, usually you got the the crowd, uh, the crowd's energy to sort of uh, you know boost you right up. And most people sometimes it gets to them, and, and it, that can be bad for them. But I'm really good at at using that energy and then uh, sort of keep myself composed where I'm at a really good level. But uh, last fight, obviously no crowd um, and and being so composed and so calm, honestly, it was like I wasn't even fighting. So as you could see, it, it, 
it took me a little while to sort of wake up and, and get into it. it. To be honest, it, it never really felt like I, you know, I just felt like the my reacting my reaction time and my sharpness just wasn't there even through the whole fight. I just felt like I was everything was forced. Yep, everything was forced. Usually, uh, you know, my reactions are really good. You know, I'm, I'm well trained where. You know, especially again when you've got that little bit of adrenaline, but I'm, I'm very good at sticking to a game plan. But in the heat of the moment, my body just knows what to do. But just last last fight, it just wasn't. Everything was like, you need to do more. I just had to literally force every single movement, which was was very, very weird. It was very, uh, it was a bit of an eye opener. It was a bit of a, luckily I got to experience it now and still get away with the win. But, uh, yep. you know, if I have to fight without a crowd again, um, I, I think that'll be uh, that'll be something I remember. I'll really let my emotions fly this time, just so I can stay on edge. You know, yep. I want them butterflies to be there a little bit. I want to, I want that blood pumping. You know, I want that a bit of adrenaline. I think uh, that was missing that fight. <clears throat> uh, so I'll try not to be as calm and composed as I, as I always say I want to be. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 what was the Fight Island experience like? Was it was it different to like a normal build up to a fight? Like, was there as much media? It wasn't Mortal Kombat like I was hoping. I was hoping that uh, Mortal Kombat shit, but now nah, look, it was just, man, it was, it was good, man. The process was easy. Uh, you know, again, it was Yaz Island. It wasn't really a, an actual little island where, you know, barely anything on it except the cage. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, that would be it, sick. Yeah. You know, it's, it was pretty cool. But where we were, we were at a, a sick hotel. The hotel we were at, we had the Formula One track. Uh, you know, it's W, I think that's what the, the hotel's called, and it's on the Formula One track. It's a famous Formula One track. Uh, they've got yachts and all that around, and mate, we're going through the, we even got to, for Embedded, we got to go for a little ride, and we're drifting around the corners and all that, so it was cool. Yeah, it was a good that. experience. It was sick, It yeah. was, uh, you know, something different, but, uh, you know, again, it wasn't no uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, well, when you went into that fight, you had a bit of bruising or a little cut on your, like, the bridge of your nose. I... I've been really curious what happened there and um, was it broken or was it just a little cut or what happened with your nose before the fight? Yeah, no, it wasn't broken. It was a, uh, it was cut though. Like I just got a, you know, a fair bit of skin uh, scraped off it. Uh, just training. Like I think that happened uh, the last uh, sparring session. So uh, the last, yeah, my last couple of sparring sessions, I ended up banging myself up more than I'd like. Um, so even my shin, like my right shin was still hurt from the first fight. Uh, like always tender, but it was all right. It started getting better and I hit exactly where I, I heard it uh, against the first fight with Max and that got fucking real tender. So I didn't really, uh, I wasn't able to use that till fight night. I tried using it here and there, but obviously it would hurt. And then I'll just wait a couple of minutes and I'd use it again. But uh, yeah, that's the fight. That's the fight game. But again, you, know, you can't have excuses because look how many other other tools we can use. You know what I mean? So, And that scratch on the nose, that, that was nothing. I just knew that. I was pretty aware. I don't know if it started bleeding in the fight. I can't remember, but I thought that would be a good chance that'll start. Uh, that'll split right open again. But it was nothing serious. It wasn't broken. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you went on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um. I, I was curious to know um how how that podcast was and how how Joe Rogan is behind the scenes without the cameras on. He's professional. He's pretty professional. Again, you know, he he's got to meet up with a lot of UFC fighters. He's a commentator. Uh, so you can tell he doesn't try and get too close with the, the athletes, yep. but at the same time he's still respectful and you know. But it's just business. Come in and say, hey, how you going? Want a coffee? Yeah, sweet. Yep. All right, bang. Get in there. Get it done. Uh, shows you the place a little bit, and then all right, we're off. So it was uh, it was pretty much like that. But uh, yeah, I don't remember a heap of it because I was uh, I had a couple of big nights in uh, 
Yeah, in Vegas. I, agree so that, I was, yeah. I was, I was uh, pretty hungover, but we got through it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Um, I saw on your story a few days ago, you had a bottle of Proper 12, Conor McGregor's whiskey. I was wondering, did you give it a try? And uh, what did you think of it? And what did you uh, think about getting it sent to you? Uh, I didn't have I didn't have that uh, um, that time, but I have tasted it before. I've been out uh, out uh, in Vegas and all that because uh, I know a couple of the guys that work with uh, with Connor. So they're, obviously they're managers and that I know them pretty well, and uh, they 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 bring it out here and there. Uh, so I've had a, a shot here and there of the proper twelve, but yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> not 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 my flavour. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I was curious to know what what's your dream fight? If you could um, fight someone past or present, who would it be and why? Man, it's got to be Connor. It's got to be Connor. Obviously, that's a huge fight. Uh, the whole hype and the the circus around it would be fun. Uh, obviously, you're talking money, uh, you're talking hype, you're talking building your profile. There's so many things that come into that, and then not just that. I beat every other uh, champion in my division. Yep. So, uh, you know, he's one that I haven't. And, you know, always, people are always going to throw his name out there. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking for GOAT status in my division. Uh, I don't think Connor will ever, you know, I don't think it's fair, you know, once I have a few defences for people to still throw Connor's name out there. Yeah. I don't think he would be GOAT status, but they will throw his name out there. So it would be good to just have that fight and, uh, and really uh, sort of uh, make sure that they can't say that. You know, it would be good to just have that fight and then sort of uh, – get his name away from uh, Goat Talks sort of forever. So that would be a big fight for me. So the yep. circus, the money, the profiles, uh, everything about it, and not just that legacy, then you're talking about Goat status. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did you see that fight going? And would that fight be at featherweight or do you think it would be at lightweight due to the size of Connor now? It might be a bit difficult for him to come down. Yeah, I don't think he could do featherweight ever again. But I've even said, I've, I've even made it clear that uh, if he wanted, I would put my belt on the line and fight him at lightweight. I'll still do that um, because, again, that's a, I don't think he'll ever make it to feather. And it'll be good to, again, so if I beat him at lightweight, you know, no one's ever going to bring his name up in uh, my division ever again. So that'll be good. But, you know, that'll be a good fight. Like, how do I see that fight going? Uh, again, like Connor, a lot of people, are, you know, will say, obviously, a lot of people think he's a – a god, and then a lot of people say he lands lucky punches, but you know he is a, especially at the time he was in in our division, he was ahead of the game. You know he was a really good at setting traps and catching people. Uh, you know he does have a good fight IQ. Uh, yep. So I and I understand that. Again, I'm known for my fight IQ. I'm known for my game planning. I understand the game really well. So the fact that I know the tricks that he does, and I know, like again, I'll credit him for it, but. I know these tricks. I know what he's trying to do. I don't fall for that. You know, he'll be fighting my fight. I won't be fighting his fight. Uh, and obviously, I'll, uh, you know, I'll drown him pretty quick. You know, I've obviously got the gas tank. It's very hard for him to to go them uh, later rounds, especially because he's very explosive and fast twitch muscles. muscles. Uh, you know, I'll be uh, drawing uh, big reactions out of him. And I think uh, I'll gas him pretty quick. Yeah. Well, he's very similar to Zabit in that way of like the explosiveness, but slows down in the later rounds. Um, I'm just curious, like, is Zabit someone that you want to fight next? Or do you, would you prefer it to be someone else in the division, like after the Korean zombie versus Brian Ortega fight? 
Man, I just want the biggest fight. You know, if the year Rodriguez and Zabit fight was happening, I don't know if that's happening. Supposedly it's going to. If that still does and then he puts on a big performance, <laughs> I guarantee you his name's going to be get screamed. So there's there's four guys that are right up there. Yeah, uh, Zabit. Obviously, they're, they're supposedly meant to be fine, or they were going to. And then you've got Zombie and Ortega. And yeah. again, these any one of them guys can really shoot to the top pretty quickly with a big performance. And whoever it is, uh, you know, I'm not scared of any of them. I respect all fighters that, that step into a cage. But again, I, in the, you know, I don't ever like to sound disrespectful, but I can't see any of them beating me without, you know, landing something uh, lucky, especially most of them. It's a bit, I feel like he could be competitive uh, early in the rounds. I can't see him... Uh, finishing me or like you know I think if anyone's got a chance of maybe winning a round uh, I, you know I'd, I'd lean more towards Zabit I still don't think he could and obviously he'll gasp but his style again he, he likes to do a lot and uh, that's why he obviously fades a lot in the end but then you've got guys like Ortega um, yeah Ortega and Zombie where I literally all I see is them landing a lucky punch that's the only way I can see them beating me I can't see them uh you know, outsmarting me. I can't see them landing too much of me. You get what I mean? So that that's the only yeah. way I see them uh, them winning. Whereas a bit, I can't see them winning at all. But I mean, if anyone could win around with me, I believe it. You know, would be a bit. My hardest fights have already been done in my division. I truly do believe that. But the game's always evolving. I'm sure my opponents will be evolving as well. So you never know that can change. But right now, you know, Max Holloway was definitely the the hardest matchup. We knew that taking that rematch on as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so what's your relationship like with um Robert Whitaker, and have you have you um trained with Rob? At all? Yeah, I've trained with Rob. I've trained. Look, man, I get along with everyone. You know, I'm a pretty easy going guy, so yeah. I get along with everyone. And uh, uh, I used to I've trained with uh, Rob a, a while ago here and there, just uh, at gym at a gym that we used to spar at. Like every now and then, it would go up there and he would be there. Yep. Um, but again, I'm friendly friendly with everyone, so I see him here out and about. Uh, we're doing a UFC fight week together. As yep. well, so there's a lot of times we're on the same show, but you know, again, uh, you know, it's a, you know, I know, I know him pretty well. Not, not really close, but obviously, uh, we know each other pretty well as well. Yeah. So, so what were your thoughts when, um, obviously, um, Israel Agasenya, your um, singing kickboxing teammate, went up against um Rob? Like, were you like firmly going for Izzy, or was it like a fifty-fifty thing, or? Oh look, you know, I, again, like you know, you you didn't want to see any of them lose. Yep. So uh, you know, again, even uh, again, you got to remember teammates. You know, this Izzy has done a lot for me. You know, I've been in care with him, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Um, you know, he's had my back plenty of times uh, through throughout my later in my career and things like that. So you know, that stuff you can't forget. So yep. that's why I was always always going to have Izzy's back. But at the same time. Any other day that Robert Whittaker's uh, fighting, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for him, and I'm a diehard uh, Aussie fan. You know what I mean? So I'm yep. I'm going to root for the the Aussies and New Zealanders. I'll always root for the Anzacs. But you know, any Aussie that fights, they've always uh, got me screaming in the background because yeah, I'm a again, I'm still a fan of the sport, especially the Aussie guys. I'm always uh, rooting for them. But uh, that was a tricky one for me because again, I did know both of them, but you know, I knew Izzy. Uh, a lot more, and then, you know, I was a lot closer with Izzy. So, you know, obviously I was always going to go for Izzy. Well, speaking of being a fan of the sport and bringing it back to Conor McGregor, do you have an appreciation for the amount of fans that he's been able to bring in and that have probably, you know, led to you gaining so many fans? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? I appreciate even the way he was fighting back in the day. You know, a lot, a lot that he did. You know, I think the, I think he done a lot for the sport, uh, the exposure. I believe a lot has changed as well. So obviously, you know, I like that. It, I like the way it is, but at the same time, I, I like. I used to love how it used to be, you know, where rankings mattered, uh, you know, all that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it wasn't all about just the money fights and all that, but obviously money fights are, are good and no one's going to argue with that. Obviously, if I was in a money fight, bring it on. But yeah. uh, at the same time, you know, uh, again, it, it, the sport has gone a little crazy after that. But at the same time, you know, he, he did definitely uh, opened a lot of eyes and brought a lot of uh, new fans in. So you you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, we've um we we've noticed you've brought out uh, your own book. Um, can you yep. can you can you talk about your the book you've just released and um where people can find it? Yeah, children's book. So you can uh, find that's pretty easy. Alexander the Great uh, children's book. Um, I've got a Instagram page. Uh, they've got a website, so that's pretty easy to find. You go anywhere on my social media, you you you'll find that pretty easily. But um, yeah, it's 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 something good. So you know, we're talking about. You know, obviously, Conor McGregor gets brung up a lot. There's a lot of fighters where, you know, John Jones and a lot of times they're getting thrown in the media for doing the wrong thing. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, and a lot of people that don't really know the, the sport, don't really understand the sport, they already look at us as, you know, sometimes they look at us as thugs. And, uh, you know, not yeah, all of yeah. us are like that. You know what I mean? And that that's what a lot of people don't get to see. So that's, some, that's a side of our sport I wanted to bring out. It's all about discipline, honour. Like I said, this is what martial arts has always been about. Things have changed. Uh, as I was, I was saying, you know, I used to, I, I love how the olden days were. Yep. But, um, but again, you know, that's just how it is nowadays. But I want, I want to remind everyone that what martial arts is all about. You know, yep. the values, morals, you know, discipline, hard work, you know, all these things that, are, you know, that I believe are so good for life in general. You know what I mean? These are, these are values that you want to have. Uh, growing up, these are values that you you know people want to teach their kids. So that's what my book is all about. Yep. And again, I think it's just really good for the sport. I think uh, our, our sport really needs something like this. So I think uh, the timing of it's uh, pretty good. Well, as we said, you were on the Joe Rogan podcast. We know that you were on Grange uh, TV, um, and now you've been on with Caleb and Jeffo show. We're just curious. Um, how do they compare to us, and why are we the best? <laughs> <laughs> mate, he's a killing it. He's a killing it. He's a doing well, mate. He's a doing well. Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, I've been, I've been on, uh, been on a lot of, uh, a lot of podcasts. But mate, they're always fun. They're always fun. So that, that's good. So when you can sit there and have a laugh, as we did, you know, you, you know, you're doing all right. So good Thanks. shit. Yeah. Well, one last thing before we get into the outro, I just wanted to challenge you to a fight because, <laughs> um, I just. I just reckon I could beat you if we um if we had a bit of a scratch. I <laughs> uh, like I said, uh, mate. Uh, you know, the, you, when you're the champ, you got all these people chasing you. Even guys that are, you're doing podcasts with, that happens. <laughs> no, we're good, mate. Yeah. Uh, good fun, good fun. We can we can arrange that. Like I said, uh, of course. I just um, what what I do how to break my toe kick and uh, someone in the head. So <laughs> I've still got a left leg. Uh, if you want uh, a toe in uh, your, your eye, I can uh, sort that out for you. <laughs> well, Just I'm currently that. living in, uh, I'm currently living in Perth. So when the borders open up, I'll come over and I'll make sure to kick your ass. All right. <laughs> all right sounds good, mate. Sounds good. All right, <laughs> all right mate. Um, th- thanks Alex for coming on again. Like you didn't need to. And we, no um, and we know you're a busy man with all the media obligations and stuff like that. So we really do appreciate you coming on. 
And yeah, no worries, man. I told you, I told you. Was I in quarantine when we were talking? Ah, yeah, you were. I said to you, I said to you, I was going to do it. I'm a man of my word. So uh, sorry, I was a bit later than expected, but things have been busy. But I'm, I'm I'm just trying to squeeze in uh, some of these promises that that I that I didn't want to keep them. And I'm glad we got it out of the way. Yeah, and we've put your book in our bio on our Instagram account, uh, the Caleb and Jeffo Show. Um, nice. So if any of our viewers want to go and you know check out your book, they can do that. But um, yeah, once again, Thank thanks so much for coming on. Um, we'll let you go. Um, see ya. No worries, man. Thanks for the support, guys. I'll see you later. See ya.